at wolfproofing.net. Former White Sox reliever Keenan Middleton was harshly critical of the team's culture, saying there were no consequences for rule breakers. Sox host the Yankees tonight. That's Middleton's new team. Roster move for the Vikings, signing receiver Nikhil Harry, who was a first-round draft pick by the Patriots four years ago. The next quarterback in line for a big payday this offseason could be Dak Prescott, as the Cowboys have reportedly had preliminary negotiations with their QB. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world-famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back. It's the Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent, your Minnesota Twins are four and a half games in front. Coasting. That's Not what we this thought. Team. That's just right because it got real close. <laughs> mm-hmm. We thought they were about to coast and pull away, and then it got close and had a good weekend, obviously, as the snakes are going the wrong way. Yes, they are. Don't like that because though I have an over ticket, I also have them to make the playoffs a plus 550. Ooh, nice one. Not looking very good right now. And one of the teams that has surpassed them. The Chicago Cubs. It's unbelievable. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He joins us, talks baseball with Trent and I every single Monday at this time. Uh, hello, Matt, Trent, and Ken. Thank you, as always, for coming on. Uh, get to the Cubs in a minute. I want to start in Chicago uh, with the uh, with with the brawl. Ramirez Anderson. What I what I don't know, uh, and hopefully you can provide some clarity. What ignited all of this? Was there a history there between these two? It seemed like somewhat innocent, kind of an innocuous play that. Uh, Ramirez think that Anderson stood over the top of him. What was behind it? It seems like there was previous beef that we just didn't really see. Like stuff that, you know, Anderson plays shortstop. Uh, Jose for years has played either second base or third base, predominantly third base. So they run into each other on the bases a lot. That happens throughout the course of the season. They've been in the same division together for a long time, so they've obviously had lots of interactions. The only thing Jose Ramirez really said was he's disrespected the game for way too long or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so obviously they just don't like each other, and uh, things just kind of came to a head right there. Jeez, <laughs> so, I'll say. Hey, you know, if you're going to put your dukes up like that, maybe don't get knocked out when I, with a flailing punch from the side. And, and maybe the biggest takeaway from everything is Eloy Jimenez somehow gets hurt in the brawl. I, mean, how did I don't the, know. It might have been surprising if he didn't. I guess. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. What's the best baseball fight of all time? Uh, there was one. Uh, I want to say Padres and Braves in Atlanta in like late 70s, early 80s, where it was around the dugout and it almost kind of spilled into the crowd. It's an all-timer. Oh. Hmm. Um, Pedro Don uh, Zimmer. That, <laughs> that's a memorable Pedro, one for that, sure. That one's like that was one of the most iconic. That one and Nolan Ryan Robin Ventura yeah. like the most iconic. But like, the in terms of the greatest fight, like yeah. yeah, it was like the the Ryan Ventura thing's kind of overrated, but because he wasn't really pounding his head, it was just kind of glancing at the blows across the top. Like wrestling a so cool. steer is what it was. It's a it was how I took it. It's like yeah. wrestling a steer. You know, if the bullpen's empty, I think that what the, the, at least one on each team should be forced to fight. If they're going to run in all that way for the bullpen. <laughs> that was a good one because, to that point, and sorry to interrupt, That's but fine. like so, so much of the time, everybody runs out and they just stand there. Yeah. And it's just a big waste of time and it's posturing. Like, 
that actually was a legitimate fight. They yep. were actually swinging at each other. They both put their dukes up. Like, kudos to them for at least having it be a real fight. So, yeah, that that part was entertaining, at least. Well, let's uh, get away from the crappy White Sox and let's let's go to my team. We have I haven't brought them up very much recently. They uh, the Twins are just frustrating to watch. But Max Kepler, he's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Walner, who had the walk off yesterday, he's been really good. They're going to get in more than likely as the three seed. Yep. That means taking on the six seed in the first round. The They'll Toronto get the Blue Jays likely going to be a matchup oh. against Ken's Jays. Do the Twins have any hope, though? It'll be a showdown. <laughs> yeah, right. but, but do they really have hope to not only break the 18-game losing streak and playoff games, but advance around it? And that's yeah. a simple enough for me. Yeah, yeah it, yes. It's a three-game series. I mean, you mm-hmm. could. this probably isn't the most confidence-inspiring statement, but uh, we've seen the A's with a seven-game winning streak this year. We've seen mm-hmm. the Royals now with a seven-game winning streak this year. If you could let in one of those teams, they, would be, they could win a round. It doesn't mean they will. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean the Twins will, but it's a three-game series, man. There, there's funky stuff can happen there. It looked last year like the Cardinals were cruising to easily going up one to nothing against the Phillies, and then they blew that game, and then the Phillies won the next day, and the Phillies ended up in the World Series. So, I mean, a lot of stuff can happen there, especially in that short three-game series in the first round. So they, they absolutely could win a round or two even. Um, I will be predicting them to lose in the first round, but they they definitely could win. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's let's go to the American League East. Tampa Bay has uh, got this f- fascinating, tremendous start of the season. Right, everybody's talking Rays baseball that love the game of baseball. Subsequent to that, it seems to be they kind of you know I don't want to say plateau, but maybe that's the right way to describe it. To the point that I think that they're going to be in a real battle to maintain their playoff spot the way they're going, and now with the injuries in their pitching rotation, what's the future, the immediate future for the Rays looking like in your mind? Yeah, I, I will say this. After uh, Glasnow got scratched yesterday from his start, and it says and it's back spasms, and they said he might be able to make his start you know, within the next few days, and then that's not that big of a deal. But still, it was alarming enough with – the news of McClanahan and the forearm injury traveling back to Tampa Bay, but then flying all the way to the West Coast to get another opinion. That seems like Tommy John surgery is coming. Mm. That's scary enough. And they've already lost Rasmussen. They've already lost Jeffrey Springs, who was the leader in the clubhouse for the Cy Young through, what, three or four starts. Uh, it was enough that I went and pulled up the wild card standings and saw how far the Rays were in a playoff spot. And it's seven games right now. Yeah. So they're still comfortably in. But... Uh, to start thirteen and zero, and I mean, what were they up in the fort? Forty and eighteen at one point, uh, forty-seven and nineteen. That was one of the best starts of all time. And um, since then, man, they just haven't been very good. And a lot of it is they've just had so many injuries. Yeah, since then they're twenty-one and twenty-seven. Jeez. So if you moved back to start of the season, we'd be talking about them as a disappointment and a seller and yeah. not a very good team. So. How they're going to piece together the rotation the rest of the year is a big deal. Also, offensively at the start of the year, they had so many guys hitting their 99th or home run or 100th percentile and Mm -hmm. how good they can be. Uh, Guys like Arozarena and Yandy Diaz and Wander Franco and Isak Paredes and, you know, Harold Ramirez. They were all playing like super-duper stars. And who's capable of keeping that up over a full year? Maybe Wander Franco, maybe not yet. Uh, that's about it in that group. Brandon Lau has started to hit really well of late. 
Uh, Orozarena is still very good. He's just not a superstar. Um, it's just they've just a lot of stuff went right for them at the start of the year, and a lot of stuff's going wrong for them right now. So you'd expect some of it to even out. I just don't know if they're going to have the personnel on the mound because they've had so many injuries. Injury to Texas. Yesterday, Josh Young, the third baseman, all-star here as a rookie, a great campaign that he was putting together, fractures his thumb on a line drive. It just it hit him in a weird spot. And watching the highlight last night, Matt, I I came away... How doesn't this happen a little more often? I mean, it was Solaire that hit the ball. You know, it's coming off the bat 110 yeah. miles an hour when Solaire hits it. How does it, doesn't this happen more often was my thought. I guess they most most of them must be so great at catching the ball in the pocket right. instead of having it hit up against the thumb. Mm-hmm. That's just how good they are. <laughs> so it's, another, another thing that I think is probably very underappreciated from you know, there's this crowd who are sports fans but don't like baseball that much. They don't think it's that hard. Uh, there are so many different aspects of the game that are incredibly difficult, and this would be just another one of those aspects. The biggest mover in your power rankings this week was those Chicago Cubs oh, up yep. seven yep. spots. Uh, look at they're they're playing incredible baseball right now. Thought that oh here we go when Friday happened yeah. and they they got blown out by the Braves. Braves are in town now. We're going to see just how good these Cubs are, and it didn't look good. Then they take the next two uh, off to New York uh, before headed to Toronto for the weekend. This Cubs team um, they keep their guys, which was good. What's their ceiling? Can they come all the way back and win this division? Yeah, they can, for sure. Um, right now, they're definitely in better shape than the Reds. Uh, the Brewers get Brandon Woodruff back. Corbin Burns has looked like Cy Young level. Cor- Corbin Burns. Uh, Freddie Peralta is capable. Wade Miley's back from injury. He's capable. But, you know, and, and Yelich. Yelich has been amazing. But they still just, something's missing a little bit. They split with the Pirates. They lost the series to the, to the Nationals. They were swept by the Braves before that, but you could say, oh, yeah, but that's the Braves. But then you look, hey, the Cubs took two or three from the Braves. Um, so it's there's an argument to be made that the Cubs are going to win the Central um, or the Brewers. I, I think at this point the Reds, they're going to need a lot to go right once Hunter Green comes back and then hopefully for them once Nick Lodolo comes back. But they're probably the third best bet in that division at this point. It's I, I think it's either Cubs or Brewers, and it's going to be fun and they're head-to-heads to see how those shake out. The Cubs do have a weak schedule. The Blue Jays series notwithstanding, I believe it's five of the next six series, other than the Blue Jays, five of the, the other five of their next six series are all against teams with losing records. And it's not just losing records. It's like the Mets right now and how bad they are. It's the White Sox, it's the Royals, it's mm. the Tigers. So it's a really easy schedule for the Cubs. And while they were beating up on the, the Nationals and Cardinals and White Sox before this past week, they took two or, uh, two or three from the Braves and three or four from the Reds. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they've been doing it all against bad teams. And I will say, on this show in particular, it's been a funny roller coaster for me because remember in the preseason, I was pretty down on the Cubs mm-hmm. and they were mediocre. And then you guys said you got feedback from a bunch of Cubs fans like, hey, hey, what's going on? And then <laughs> right out of the gate, they looked, hey, pretty good. Then they looked really bad. And I wrote a call about how they should fire Jed yep, Hoyer. You did. And they've been great since then. They've been one of the best teams in baseball. Literally since the day that we published that, that was when wow. we published it when they were twenty six and thirty six and had just gotten swept by the Angels. Ever since then, they've gone thirty two and eighteen. That's a hundred and four win pace over a full season. They played like a hundred and four win team since then. So I'm sure that I was the sole reason that everything turned around. 
But no, that that you deserve a ring if they if they win it all. Yeah. <laughs> that just happened to be a case of great great yeah. timing and luck on my part that it, we ran it at the right time, I guess. Hey Matt, I don't know if uh, you like to go to baseball perspective. I just take a look at their odds for the playoffs and. Two different things. Here first in the NL Central. I was surprised by this. Milwaukee wins the division 47% of the time. The Cubs 44% of the time. Wow, and then the yeah. Reds the remaining 8% there. I, I take away from that, and then I got one more for you. Okay. So, Oh, you want me to give a take? Yeah, away yeah. I mean, I was just <laughs> oh, surprised that the, no, the Reds were – I was just surprised the Reds were that low. That was kind of my big one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just clicked over to Fangraphs too because they do. They have mm-hmm. Brewers fifty six percent, Reds roughly thirty four, Reds rough Cubs roughly thirty four, Reds roughly ten. Okay. So it looks like most people are down on the Reds. They didn't add to the rotation and in front of the deadline. And I know they're hoping that Green and Lodolo helps pan that out. But it does kind of look like they just got really, really hot right in the middle there after a slow start to the season. Now they're slow again. They're probably. Next year might be their breakout season. Maybe they're more like the Orioles. You know, mm-hmm. the Orioles were what eighty three and seventy nine last year. Of course, that would be that shouldn't be that far away from the. It might school. not be. But yeah, I, I, the Brewers and Cubs are better suited the rest of the way, even if they're all neck and neck right now. Everything else made a ton of sense. Looking at percentages to win the division, win a wild card, get in those kind of things. Except for Ken San Diego Padres, mm. they have yeah. them right now a baseball perspective of getting the wild card. At sixty four and a half percent, that seems out of line. Maybe um, the only thing I would say is they're only three out right now, right? Mm-hmm. They they have a lot more talent than a lot of the teams in front of them, and the Diamondbacks have been the worst team in baseball since July first, mm-hmm. literally seven and twenty two since then. Mm-hmm. The Marlins are five and sixteen since the All Star break. They're awful. We just talked about the Reds' problem; they're in trouble. That's it. That's all the teams standing between the Padres and the last wild card spot. So I think that you would at least say you could see them being better than the Diamondbacks, Marlins, and Reds the rest mm-hmm. of the way, right? Absolutely. So they're the first yep. team on the outside looking in. And if anybody from the group of Phillies, Giants, Brewers, Cubs falters, the Padres are the next team in. Padres, so you can absolutely see them making a run. Padres, yes, no, Ken? Are you going to jump in for them to make the playoffs? No, I got too much on the Padres already. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I didn't sell I'm glad. Um I got to ask a selfish one because this Davis Snyder story from from the weekend was uh, it got my attention. I mean, 849th overall pick, I think was the 28th round. Do they even have 28 rounds uh, in the Major League Baseball draft anymore? This time last year, he was at Double A and thought he was going to plateau it there. What a weekend this kid had! Five foot nine. Uh, comes up, hits a couple of balls over the monster, one of them out under the, whatever the street is behind. What is the street behind there? Um, Boylston, maybe? Maybe. Whatever one it is. I uh, just crushed the ball. Well, what a good story. And if he keeps, and I'm not saying he's going to stay on this pace, but that was no, one of the no. weak parts of this, uh, of this Blue Jays lineup is trying to find somebody at second base. Maybe they found the guy. It's really cool. And when I went, when I was, you know, kind of looking up all his biographical information and I saw he was drafted that late. And it was out of high school, and he signed. Usually when they're drafted that late out of high school, they never sign. Never. And always yeah. go to college. And you see, most of the time you see a guy from the 28th round sticking, it's, he was out of college, and it took him a while. To, but, yeah, I mean, it's seven years, in, seven different years in the minor, actually seven, six seasons. Sorry, 2020 was in there. They didn't have a minor league season. But it was seven years in the minors after being drafted out of high school in that round and nine for 13, which is good for a 692 batting average. 
so far with two homers, Jeez. five RBIs in Fenway Park. I mean, that's uh, that's a dream, dream trip, yeah. right? Yeah. For your major league debut, absolutely good for him. That w- it was really really awesome to see. American League Cy Young. This is my last thing for you today, Matt. And of course, he got who you anticipate, right? Cole Valdez. Yep, absolutely. Gossman, you got to put up there. Yeah. Otani will probably get a little bit of love depending on how it finishes up. But Felix Batista Oof. for the O's. This dude right now is averaging, what do they call him, the mountain? Two strikeouts an inning. 51 yeah. innings pitched this year, 102 strikeouts on the season. Closest don't win it very often. But boy, if there was a year for it, and if those guys maybe you know don't collapse down the stretch, but are elite down the stretch, a possibility that he wins the Cy Young this year? I think he would need Cole to collapse. Everybody else, it's reasonable in the discussion, but Cole leads the American League in innings pitched and the RA. And as I always like to say, the job of a starting pitcher, the main job is to give up as few runs as possible for as long as possible. So if you lead the league in ERA and innings pitched, I'm always going to go with you there. And, you know, Cole is is doing his damnedest to single-handedly keep the Yankees in the playoff race when he only gets to play once every five days. Mm -hmm. It's been an unbelievable job by him. I did awards watch late last week, Thursday, and had Cole winning the Cy Young. I almost never, ever, ever include relievers on there, but I did list Mm -hmm. Bautista and also in the mix. I do think that he has a shot to crack the top five and maybe even second at this point. Right now, I just can't see him beating out Cole. But, hey, maybe Cole will get hurt. I, I don't want that to happen. I mean, I would never wish injury on anybody, but I also have him in fantasy, so I, that can't happen. <laughs> but uh, if he collapsed down the stretch, there might be an opening there mm-hmm. because once you get past Cole, there's a big clump of a lot of starting pitchers, and you could see a lot of their votes kind of canceling them out because not everybody would be thinking on the same wavelength there'd be a chance to, for Bautista to, to wiggle his way in there for sure. Cano and Bautista at the back of that uh, eighth and ninth mm-hmm. inning. Hey, just real quick, uh, Jack Flaherty comes up. He was awful in St. Louis this year. How does he do – how does he – as bad as he was uh, as a Cardinal, gets one start as an Oreo and looked like Cy Flaherty for crying out loud. How did that yeah. – what's going on there? Is that – did they find well, something? Well, he was up like two yeah. miles an hour velocity. Was he really? I think they did. I think they did too. And it was a pitch usage. Like he complete, he almost completely cut out using his slider in, in, in favor of using his cutter a lot more. So they must have seen something hmm. in, in video or in their analysis. Remember, Michael Elias came from the Astros front office, and it, it's easy to say, "Well, look at what they did with Garrett Cole." Which, yeah, that was great. They kind of resurrected Justin Verlander's career mm-hmm. in his mid thirties as well. But also, like, look what they did for Charlie Morton. There are a lot of examples of the Astros grabbing guys and doing that with them, and Elias was part of that brain trust. Now we've seen some of the stuff that he's done in Baltimore in grabbing veteran relievers and making them studs. It seems like they used whatever they're doing in their analysis and, and recognize something on Flaherty where they said, hey, we need him on the cutter and not on the slider. And maybe it was as simple as that. Remember, he finished fourth in Cy Young voting in 2019 mm-hmm. for the Cardinals, but he'd been awful and hurt all the time since yeah. then. Uh, still only 27 years old. He, he could he could well pitch like an ace the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. If they really have knocked something loose in there, he could be, he could be an ace. It's not like they're doing against the Royals. I mean, this was Vladdy and Chapman and yeah. – uh, the, the entire Blue Chase, uh, they got some punch in that lineup, uh, no yep. doubt about it. Good stuff. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, wonderful job, as always. Love this conversation. Uh, we'll talk to you in a week's time, Matt Snyder. Thank you. All right.
Take care. Yep, good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we catch up on MLB. Won't be too many more weeks. We're relegating Matt the Tuesdays. That's right. I don't think it's a relegation. No, I don't either. It's just, it's just a better fit. It's just business decision, yes. right? Because we got to recap the Hawks and the Clones. By the way, one month from today, mm-hmm. Thursday night football. Oh, wow. It's the curtain goes up. The Detroit Lions. And your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm ready for it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, did you see 2024 with all the realignment that the Big Ten may start? And Doc's piece at The Athletic, I think he has them playing week zero next mm. year. It's either Oregon or Washington. I can't remember who it is. I think it was Washington. Was it Washington? Yeah. But a pretty cool lid lifter, right? Absolutely. Trip out to Seattle? Oh, my God. I mean... This is, I guess, maybe the one good thing. I, I hate it. I do mm-hmm. um, for for a number of reasons. But all the destinations. Yes. Right? Seattle, that's pretty cool. L.A., Rose Bowl, that's pretty neat. Big 12, Phoenix, want to go to Arizona? That's cool. Boulder, huh? That works. When Doc was doing his math and putting everything down, we were already planning our USC trip for next year. Is that- we were going to fly into Vegas on Thursday, hang out for a night at Circa, and then make the drive on Friday oh, to get over I to like L.A. It. Now we'll see if that game's part of the schedule. For yeah, because he has it. He knocked it out. He knocked that one out, and they added the Washington the Washington game. Yeah, I don't that, think we're going to fly to Vegas and drive to Seattle. No, it wouldn't make sense. That's a haul. That is a haul. So that's what you're going to do. We're going to fly yep. to Vegas on Friday. On Thursday. On Thursday. Yep. Spend a couple of nights there. Mm-hmm. Get up, drive to into L.A. On hopefully Saturday. a night game. You know, mm. what four hours? Four hour drive? Is that what it nah, is? No, about five. Okay, about five. Don't forget, you got to stop at the, at the Nevada California border. Oh yeah, it's a mandatory. They're looking for fruit. They're oh. looking for. It's the only. Look at me. You're, you're fine. There's no fruit. In my well, car. to to be to be um, when when Cindy and I did when did we do it early June. Yeah. First time we did it a few years ago, we were stopped like going through a border crossing. Mm-hmm. You got to go through the um, the lines, but they're just keep going, keep going, keep going. I don't know, but it, it, was, it was kind of weird that there's a yeah. uh, crossing on state lines of all things. Anyways, Miller and Condon. Uh, Nickel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wilson is next on Iowa State. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.0. Trent Condon back with you. Are you a DIY landlord? Then you probably don't have much free time. Between finding tenants, filling out tax forms, repairing drywall, and answering calls about runny faucets and leaky toilets, you're not free to do much of anything. That's why you need Renner's Warehouse. When our professional landlords go to work for you, you're suddenly free to do a lot of things. Free to get a good night's sleep. Free 
to have dinner with your family every night. Free to take a vacation. And free to be so efficient managing one property, you're free to acquire even more. And one step closer to financial freedom. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis. Or call 515-528-4429. That's 528-4429. And feel free to remember this rhyme. DIY is no way to be. Call Renner's Warehouse. And our radio app now. Wondering if you're ruining signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515 225 8866 for a free estimate or go online. 100 bets off. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trends plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor those. Uh, it's coming up here in about, oh, 15 minutes or thereabouts. Let's talk Iowa State with Nick Oson, 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. So, Nick, uh, first of all, thank you, as always, for coming on uh, yesterday afternoon on Twitter. Uh, and I'm reading about Jones for Iowa State. Just uh, We're in the Bahamas, and he's got eight, he's got 12, got 14, 18. I'm thinking, wow, Robert Jones, my God. Uh, boy, if they get this out of him, that's exactly what they need. Another three from Jones I see on Twitter. It's a different Jones. Uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't realize. Um, so this was Curtis Jones, not the big fella, uh, all six foot ten of them that, uh, that really lit it up. It sounds like he's going to be the shooter, Nick. At least he was yesterday. Absolutely, guys. So he will be, you know, really one of the key uh, kind of most consistent shooters that can really stretch the floor. I still think that. Milan Momchilovic with what he has shown, uh, what he's shown a little bit in practice, and obviously what I've seen in high school. I think he'll be one of those guys, Pavelski, but Curtis Jones with his experience, you know, obviously being in the college game for a couple years and really lighting it up yesterday. I mean, that competition wasn't what you're seeing today as I'm looking at the box score, and it certainly wasn't quite what you'll see in Big 12 play, but he can absolutely shoot the lights out. And I think he'll be one of those leaders in the backcourt. That backcourt, still a lot to figure out, right? And this trip, certainly one of those pieces, trying to figure it all out. If you had to take a guess at it, who who's starting, who's seeing major minutes off the bench? Because they're incredibly deep back there. Yeah, that's a really good question, Trent. I was actually just taking a couple comments on the board with that. So, you know, I, I think it's safe to say, obviously, Taman Lipsy is, is kind of the guy. He'll be the point guard, really one of the focal points of the entire team, offensively and defensively. This is not really kind of like insider-related, but I wouldn't be shocked if at times maybe you either see a switch-up, depending on if you need more shooting, or potentially like a three-guard type lineup between Kashawn Gilbert and Curtis Jones. I think that Gilbert, he can take it to the rack. He can defend better than Curtis Jones, and even Coach Otzelberger said how great of a spot that Gilbert was in heading down to the Bahamas. But if you've got a player like Curtis Jones that can shoot like that, I think he's a weapon that can be involved in that top kind of backcourt area. But as I look, it looks like maybe this team they played today scouted 
Curtis a little better. It looks like two shot attempts so far okay. for two points. Obviously, we're not expecting <laughs> 30 a game from this kid, but I- I'm comfortable saying, guys, that those will probably you know, be the top three. And then a guy like Pavelski, he can kind of be the backup point guard. He can come in and play shooting guard. He had like eight or nine assists yesterday. So that's how I would scout things right now. Hmm. Interesting. Nick Olson, 24-7, CycloneAlert.com. Trent, any more basketball before we move on? Let's get to football. Of course, uh, Big 12, our Iowa State rather media day was on Friday. We had you on for a couple of instant reactions uh, to what you just heard on Friday, Nick. So now that you've had you know a weekend to think about it, uh, one or two of your takeaways that maybe we didn't discuss on Friday that you'd like to get to here today? Absolutely, Ken and Trent. So I, I think that a name... I think I mentioned it on the show back in the spring. I actually heard it not necessarily as much from Coach Campbell Friday at the presser, but from speaking with Jared Hufford, and that's Dalen Hazer. Now, he's a younger player along the offensive line, very versatile. I can tell you throughout the program, they really feel highly about him. And whether he starts this year, that'll that'll remain to be seen. But that's probably going to be one of the better offensive linemen potentially in Coach Campbell's era when it's all said and really? done. I think that he's a player you really need to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, I think that, you know, he's battling. Hufford seemed very impressed with him. I'd put him comfortably within the top ones or twos right now. Uh, but he's a player that with his versatility and just sheer talent, a name worth following certainly. And then the more I kind of look at the defense, you know. Can I just stop you for a second, Nick? Is that interior offensive lineman? Hayser, is he guard? Yeah, so that's that's why I said kind of uh, versatile. Okay. He can actually play both. Okay. He he can play both, which is why I kind of framed it that way. Uh, I was under the impression, you know, he was more of an interior guy. But just kind of checking in throughout the summer, it sounds like Clanton just loves him, and I get the sense that he can really end up at either spot. Uh, One thing about Clanton is he's just going to go with basically – who he likes best, that sounds obvious, but basically as complete offensive lineman and then kind of that shift uh, positionally speaking. So I think that's a player certainly worth mentioning right now. And then the more I look at this defense, guys, I think people should be really, really excited about the future, specifically of that safety position. Now that starts this year, but I just continue to hear good things about Jamison Patton. I think there are young guys like Trey Howard. Savion McGee showed a lot in games last year. So even if you do lose a player potentially to the NFL or so in the next year or two, it's still very young. But I'll go on record saying that is a group that I just love. I think it's six, seven, eight deep. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really going to be the core of this defense through 2025 or so. One of the few players he had an opportunity to talk to was Easton Dean on Friday, reading your article at Cyclone Alert. He's up to 265 now. What a behemoth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like he kind of mentioned, I appreciate you checking that out, Trent. You know, he said it's the lightest he's ever felt. <laughs> and I would say he looks like it. You know, he yeah. doesn't look, it looks like all really good weight. I would not have guessed he's at that. I would have guessed more in that 245, 250 range that he had said. Uh, that he was at before last season, but it just sounds like, you know, I feel like we're hitting on it every week, but I I think it's really well-timed and something that the entire program feels, and that's the job of Reed Keggy. Speaking on Easton Dean specifically, 
I think he's come a long way in terms of some of the blocking games, specifically mm-hmm. in the run. And I think that guys like him, of course, Gabe Burkle, Tyler Moore is now healthy. You know, Andrew Keller's solid and a great threat in the receiving game. I think that tight end room is going to be deep, and I expect Dean to be one of the leaders both on and off the field in that room. If there is a tight end that's caught up in the gambling, uh, Nick, would, is, is your guy Klotz going to see more playing time? You know, so I think he's kind of locked in, Ken, talking about Klotz, more in kind of that blocking-type role, gotcha. like, a, like a Jared Russ. So I think however things uh, really look depth chart-wise throughout the offense, I, I think you're going to see Klotz consistently either way. I think that he can make some plays in the passing game, but where he's really featured, and you actually got a good look at that in one of the highlights that the account tweeted out last week, is in the run, specifically stealing the edge. He's not afraid to get physical, and he's another guy like Dean that's put on some good weight. So I think either way, uh, you will see plenty of him, Ken, this fall. Friday, a wild day with, of course, media day for you, and then a college football world and the shifting and the changing there. Your takeaways from realignment, and it's official now, the four corner schools making the way to the Big 12. Definitely, Trent. You know, I think a couple of things. I, I think you guys know me well enough. I'm so into kind of the, the growth within the teams and following and getting ready for the season and, of course, recruiting. So I'll say I'm excited that that can kind of resume and be the focus. Yeah. And specifically speaking on the future of the conference, I'm just kind of blown away, A, how quickly things kind of disintegrated for the Pac-12, a conference that, you know, I've read things from people, and as a kid, that was thought of really highly, Mm -hmm. specifically with pageantry like the California schools, the Rose Bowl. So I think it's that. And then just speaking on the Big 12, I wasn't sure, you know, it was a little bit before my time when Brett Yormark, when that started to kind of bubble up a little bit, but I'm not sure how much better he could have handled things. Not only coming in and and taking this position in such a crazy time in the sport, but then looking at the future of the Big 12 Conference. I mean, it solidified itself comfortably, so comfortably as one of those top power conferences really in the land. And specifically, as you guys know how much I love basketball, that conference is just going to be an absolute gauntlet every single year. No, it's going to be wild. Getting in front of Klyovkov in the Pac-12 with the media rights deal, that to me will – whatever he does, whatever he does in his career, that's what uh, saved the Big 12 in my opinion because Klyovkov took his time, wasn't sure if they were going to go shopping in the Big 12 or not. Remember that quote? That lived well. (laughs) Unbelievable. And apparently when he he showed his cards to the Pac-12 on Friday, there was no TV. This was Apple only. Only. No television uh, network for Pac-12. So, uh, yeah, your mark uh, has done a phenomenal job. So what lies ahead, Nick? Has there been any more clarity as to, you know, the team is practicing normally Wednesdays, Thursdays, whatever it would be, you guys would get either Haycock or now in this case Shieldhouse or a player or two. Do you know when that's going to change? Campbell has said that, you know, in the weeks ahead, uh, they're going to loosen things up a little bit and get back to a little bit more normal. But how are you supposed to cover fall camp when you – not allowed to cover fall camp. Absolutely, Ken. So we will get, I was going to mention this to you earlier, we will get Matt Campbell on Wednesday. And though it hasn't been confirmed, I think there's really a good shot uh, based off of the progression of camp and what we heard Friday that we'll likely get at least a coordinator or two. Uh, that's kind of 
what I'm expecting. So that comes Wednesday. We'll have those type of media every Wednesday. I think some players will be added throughout the next few weeks. And there are also a couple updates on things so far uh, that you can check at Cyclone Alert as well, Ken, for sure. Interesting. I'll have to do that. Uh, good stuff, Nick Oson. 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. Uh, that's where you can read Nick. You can hear him here with us. And uh, what day are you on with uh, Heather and Sean? Is that Wednesdays or Thursdays you're locked in with them? Yeah, usually Wednesdays, Ken, definitely. I, I appreciate that. And if, if I've got a second to mention one more Absolutely. name. Absolutely. Uh, just because I, I think I said it a couple weeks ago, but I, I want to be sure because I don't want people Is he to a be linebacker? super shocked. Uh, no, no, I know we're covered there. Um, <laughs> the running back room specifically, I think a lot of there was a lot of excitement about Abu Sama, and rightfully so. I think he's going to be a fantastic player and a future pro. But watch out for Carson Hansen, uh, the running back from Minnesota, a true freshman, mm. came in physically ready. I think a lot of people maybe maybe had questions because of the offense that he played in. It was really like an old-school type offense up in Minnesota. But he's got the speed, he's got the size, and that room is in a nice spot for these next two or three years. So you think he plays this year more than four games potentially? Or what are you, what are you forecasting? I'd say as of now, I'd be pretty surprised uh, if he redshirted. I think that you wow. certainly see those four, and then depending on, obviously, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's a position you often see injuries yep. and just kind of how the chart uh, shapes out. I think you'll at least see one of those players more than four. Very interesting. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports. Nick, as always, appreciate your uh, uh, contribution. We'll talk to you next week, if not before. Thank you, Nick. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. All right, Trent, your plays of the day. Coming up next, one-day game. Uh, Padres and Dodgers finish their mm-hmm. series in San Diego. Did you watch any Sunday Night Baseball last night? Had it on for a little bit. Didn't get too deep it into it. It was a very good game. Yeah. A brutal game. Anyway, so come back. Trent's plays of the day next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. They say there's no such thing as a free lunch. Except when there is. And you can get it at Fat Charlie's. A free lunch when you bring a friend for lunch. Enjoy buy one, get one free on burgers and beer during lunch Monday through Friday at Des Moines' only upscale sports tavern. Fat Charlie's. At 121st in Douglas, just west of I-3580 off the Douglas exit. There is such a thing as a free lunch. At Association. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at wolfroofing.net. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. 
Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX and O. Well, phenomenal week of your plays last week. No mm-hmm. pressure. Let's keep it going, Trent Condon. Yeah, let's stay hot. 15-5 and five in Major League Baseball last week. We had a couple of good shots going to the weekend mm-hmm. in golf. We uh, went little, lost about two units overall, but so close. Had a live bet that was looking good. And then, boy, down the stretch, did you see Henley? The uh, couple no. of bad lies that he had. He had one short onto the fringe, and it just landed in a hole, basically. Oh, Jesus. And didn't get relief from it. Chunked out of there. Went bogey, bogey, bogey mm. down I the stretch. I didn't watch any golf other than Twitter. I saw Justin Thomas oh. try to uh, That I, shot that he made, I, uh, that approach on 18, mm-hmm. an incredible play. And then the chip that hits the pin and his grandma was watching. Yeah. And yeah. That was a tough one and had him top 10. That would have been a nice hit. Boy, I'll say. Also, he needed to get into the playoff top 70. Where did he finish? 71st? Yes, 71st. Jeez. And uh, that shot, if it would have dropped, would have mm. put him into the playoffs. Alas, he will not be there this week, but we'll do a little grind and already got some plays since we're doing our TV show a little bit weak. But just two in baseball tonight. Start with the Giants. They're minus 110. At the Angels. Angels going the wrong way. Giants with Webb out there, who's just really solid, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's just a good, yep. solid pitcher. And he'll go out there. Like the price there, minus 110 on the road with pick number one. Pick number two, it's a lefty against the Twins. That means you got to bet against the Twins, even if they're, well, as red hot as they've been in a while. Give me the Tigers, plus 150 tonight. It's a lefty against a lineup that can't hit lefties. The worst in baseball. The Minnesota Twins. Was that a fact? Haters. I didn't yeah. know that. Did you see any Mowers Hall of uh, uh, Twins Hall of Fame induction? I did. Yeah, I had a couple of friends that were there. Yeah. Talked to one of them, and uh, yeah, they mentioned really cool ceremony and yeah. watching the uh, other Hall of Famers, Twins Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. come on. I wouldn't have been able to pick Greg Gagne out of a police lineup. <laughs> right. Boy, oh boy, has he gotten gray? I guess we all do, right? Yeah, yeah but, it happens. Because it's been, what, 87, 91? Yeah. It's been a while. Talking about 30 years plus. Jesus. That's what we thought about there. All the old guys yeah. out there, and it's fun. Those kind no, of things. No, it was. Great. Ken Herbeck hasn't missed too many meals. No, he has not. He's a big man. He enjoys his... Taco John's, is that who he's still? Uh, is that, is yeah. he still? Well, he's the Windows, too, isn't he? Do, he? he does. Endorses them. He makes good money. I'm sure he does. Good stuff. All right, Murph and Andy coming in here. They'll be up at 1 o'clock. Then the drive with Heather and Sean. Trent, we'll see you in Las Vegas. Yeah, enjoy. Safe travels out there. Don't lose the equipment. Yee, pressure's on. Miller and Condon, back tomorrow, 11 to 1, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.